But before we dive into our topics for this week's episode, let's do the real world. We're not in the real world, guys. This is not MTV. Maybe that's why we got done. <laughs> okay. Okay, stop squeaking. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Mad World Thursdays. This is our very first episode, and just for the fun of it, we thought we should record live. So we are actually live streaming this at our YouTube channel and while we're recording. So um, if you hear us talking to someone, <laughs> if you hear us talking to someone off screen, that is because they are watching us live on YouTube. So let's just go ahead and get started with all of the scripted nonsense, shall we? Hello and welcome to Mama Night Owl Presents Mad World Thursday. I am your host, Summer Jarvis. And I am your co-host, Erin Weeks. This show is a break from our regular fiction podcast where we get a chance to sit back, relax, and talk about our favorite subjects from conspiracy theories, cryptozoology, paranormal events, and just all around news from the mad world we live in. Our regular show, Mama Night Owl's Oddities and Curiosity Shop, is a fictional podcast telling the story of Mama Night Owl and all of the strange things that happen in her southern town of Gloaming Falls. The town is chock full of all sorts of high strangeness, like ghosts and werewolves and demons, cults and little girls who like to eat people. The story ideas for the town of Gloaming Falls comes from things that have actually happened or have reportedly happened on our very own, very real, weird planet Earth. We thought that since we aren't the only people out there interested in this sort of thing, we should share some current, old, and favorite high strangeness topics that interest us. We will also occasionally discuss some of the things that might inspire past or future episodes of our regular podcast, Mama Night Owl's Oddities and Curiosity Shop. You can check out that podcast and any new information at mamanightowl.com. Why don't we start by introducing ourselves? My name is Summer Jarvis, and I am a writer, narrator, and creator for Mama Night Owl's podcast, and a very Southern-accented social worker in the Southern United States. I happen to love everything horror and everything creepy, and kind of live my life in that world. I happen to be the most interested in paranormal, theology, and cryptozoology out of the two of us. And my name is Erin Weeks. I'm also a social worker in the southern part of the U.S., and I've had a lot of exposure to the world by living in different countries, cultures, and other states in the southeast. I have failed to overcome the suction that our tiny little town has exerted on me and landed right back here where I started. I'm sure there's a Mama Night Owl story in that alone. Of the two of us, I'm the most interested in CTs, which is our main topic for today. I also like raising orphaned critters and forcing other people to do it, too. I like particle physics, baking, and, of course, the Backstreet Boys. And when she says CTs, she means conspiracy theories. She's, you're going to get it shut down again. <laughs> so, yeah, full disclosure, we tried to live stream this um, a little bit earlier, and it actually got shut down on YouTube. We're thinking that it was the use of the word conspiracy theories, but, you know... Whatever, let's just roll with this. So we are up and live streaming again. We'll just see how this goes at our second attempt. And since we are alive, there is not going to be a whole lot of editing from this point out. You know, all the giggles and the chair squeaks and the paper shuffling, well, that's just us and that's what it sounds like to record a podcast. Let's jump in, shall we? shall we? Let's go. But before we dive into our topics for this week's episode, let's do the Mad World Thursday Weekly Roundup. We have been diligently chasing down weird and bizarre news from the past week and we'll give it all to you here. Top weird stories of the week number one. Wait, I feel like we need theme music. Let me see what I can find. Top Weird Stories of the Week, number one, The Color-Changing Notebook. UK's Chancellor Rishi Sunak, I hope I'm saying that correctly, 
was videoed carrying a red folder that carried his budget proposal down the street. Once he passed by a car, the folder went from red to green. Video is in the links, which... Now, Erin, I need your thoughts on this, because if you listen to the audio in the video, mm-hmm. you can clearly hear the newscaster say something about the green budget when the folder changes colors. Mm-hmm. So this is what's ha- what's happened. Have you seen the video? I've seen the video. I I don't know anything about this. I saw it when it happened, and I have seen nothing else. What did you okay, find? Yeah, okay, so this is this, to me, is one of those cases where I feel like our news media is being, I don't know, almost silly. They're and playing us? Yes. Okay, so this is what happened. So this guy, Rishi Sunak, or Sunak, S-U-N-A-K. Oh, I'm sorry, sweetie, if I'm saying your name wrong. So basically, he's walking down the street, and he's carrying a red folder. So let's say he actually looks a lot like this folder right here, only it's completely red, okay? So he's carrying it down the street under his arm, dee, 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 dee. And he um, passes by a car, and you know, behind a car. So the car's, he's here. Here's the car, and here he is. Dee, dee, the dee, folder dee, is dee, obscured dee, dee, behind yes. the car. But his hat is not. His and he head is stop. not. And so when he gets past the car, all of a sudden, the folder has changed from red to green. So that's what happens in the video. It was caught live on TV, and it's caused a huge uh, hubbaloo in the world. And But the thing that, that bugs me about it is if you actually listening to the audio during this, when he passes by the car and it changes green, you hear the newscaster actually say something about his green deal. So it's almost like news media changed the folder from red to green. Is that right? Should they be able to do that? Should who be able? I mean, anybody can do it. But Anybody can do it. But should our, our news media, who's, who's bound by ethics, supposedly, be allowed to do that? So what you're saying is that this was rigged. The media knew about it ahead of time. They reported it as it happened. But my thing with that is that to what end? Other than, I mean, I get it if you want to play a bunch of conspiracy theorists. Well, no, I think, (laughs) no, I think the end was just to, I don't know, to almost be silly is how it felt. But is it right to do that? Is it right if you're bound by ethics to to report the truth, to change even just the color of something? See, I'm not the person to talk to about this because there's no ethics in the media. But you're the only one asking that question. But you're the only one here. So (laughs) I feel like you shouldn't be allowed to do that. I don't think that's right. So anyway, um, like I said, this this video is going to be in our show notes. Let you know, let us know what you think. Um, we are on Twitter. We are on Facebook. We have a website. Let us know what you think about anything we're talking about. We should because, totally tweet that we're doing this. <laughs> because I personally feel like that was wrong. And, and um, so, go yeah, definitely go check so out the video. So you're taking it, like, all the way that the news is just messing with people. Yep. The media is just messing with people. That's all it is. Yep. I don't think, I don't think he, he, I mean, it could be really cool if this politician did a sleight of hand and changed the notebook to green on purpose because he knew the, knew the news media was there. Was watching. Like, that would be really cool. And yeah. it's so props to Sunak, Sunak, Rishi, Rishi, you go do, like, if you did that, you're an awesome politician and I would vote for you <laughs> just because you could do sleight Forget of hand. Forget about your platform. We don't care. <laughs> That is the Color Changing Notebook. So that is the number one top weird story of this week for me that I absolutely loved. Number two, the Bigfoot sighting in Littleton, North Carolina. Did you watch the video? I did. That was so cute. Bless him. I loved him so much. So it turns out Littleton, North Carolina has a cryptozoological and paranormal museum, which is now officially on my list of places to visit. A man walked into this museum on March 20th and claimed that just 20 minutes before he had seen Bigfoot in the woods behind his house. The older gentleman is crying and showing signs of being scared in the video. The man, who is named Jesse Walker, reported all of this to the owner of the Paranormal Museum. The owner of the museum, Stephen Barcello, who was also a local commissioner of the town, went to Walker's home but saw nothing in his backyard but broken branches and depressions in the dirt. It should be noted that this is the fourth known sighting of Bigfoot in the area since 2016. So this is Littleton, North Carolina, four hours drive from us here in... Can we say our location? Like, like, should we be paranoid? 
uh, the big town of Sumter, South Carolina. So we're, um, it's about four, four hours from us and squeaking the chair again. Sorry. She's squeaking the chair guys. It's about four hours from us and they have had four sightings since 2016 of Bigfoot. I have actually contacted this place. I'm still trying to get the guy on the phone actually, but I actually would like to go visit and have a little chat with him and maybe get him on the podcast and maybe see if he'd give us a tour of all the places that Bigfoot has been sighted in the area. It'd be really cool. Steven Barcelo, if you're listening, dude, we really want to meet you. We really want to chat with you. But if you haven't seen this video, like I said, it's going to be in the show notes. But this, this is an older gentleman who, who they record. He is crying. He is acting really scared. He's absolutely adorable. And I just wanted to hug him. He needs a hug. Hey, now, I need to get into some detail here depressions in the soil what 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 are we talking about so like i think it wasn't clear footprints there was just like like sasquatch was wearing slippers yes he was wearing slippers why not i mean you know i have this idea about sasquatch and this came okay i'm gonna have to throw this out to the mysterious universe guys over at their podcast because they're the ones that gave me this idea and i've i've been really thinking on this for a while what if earth Planet Earth is like... The disk that we live on. Yes. What if it it is like Australia was back in the day and Bigfoot is an interdimensional... No, or is it multidimensional prisoner? Like he is from another dimension and they have... They imprison his people here on planet Earth because they know that if they show their faces to us, we're going to shoot them. Somebody's going to shoot our Sasquatch. You know, they're really good at hiding. That's what they do. I'm, I'm going to think interdimensional creatures wouldn't be so hairy. Why? Static electricity. Oh. You think they just go poof in flames if they tried to come <laughs> they tried to show It up. seems like getting in between the dimensions would require some kind of A suit. slickness. Yeah. Some, some kind Maybe of... Maybe so. Some kind of grounded... Latex what? product, maybe? <laughs> kind of like Quantum Leap. Mm, yeah, the suit. Yeah, the suit and Quantum Leap. Yeah, yeah I've, I've okay. never... Like, I've heard the idea of the interdimensional thing, but I think the hair... Yeah, that's a lot of hair. There's a lot of hair. And, and, and you know, has your husband ever walked barefoot across the carpet holding a balloon? <sighs> <sighs> so, my husband doesn't have a lot of hair up here. No. But, yeah, I get your point. All right. Yeah. Have you ever wanted to cuddle with a Sasquatch? No. I have. I believe that. But I believe that. I have cuddled with so many breeds I of... I believe I have cuddled that. with so many breeds of dogs over the years that I'm thinking I've been close enough An to Irish it. An Irish wolfhound might work. Ooh. If you have an Irish wolfhound and would let me sleep with And would it let her take it between the dimensions. For a night. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, like I said, that video is going to be in our show notes. Number three on the weird stories of the week, Walmart reports high sales in shirts and not pants amid the quarantine. We just want everyone to know that we are wearing pants right now, but evidently a lot of people that you might see sitting down for interviews in their homes right now might not be. Walmart Gap Athleta which I, I've never heard of, and Old Navy have reported a surge in people buying tops, but pants or slack sales have been down. Uh, now, see, I'm a medical social worker. Erin is also a medical social worker. So when COVID-19 started, guess who still had to go to work? I've missed the boat on getting to sit around in just pajama pants. Well, scrubs are kind of close. Scrubs. Scrubs are, it does kind of feel like you're going to work in pajamas every day. Why does really social does. worker work home health? For the scrubs. Exactly. Yeah, so I thought that was pretty fun news that actually there is a reported uptick in the sale of tops and not pants right now. Well, okay, so actually I can, I, I totally see this because... Today, I worked all day. I got 8.30 to 5.30-ish. I worked. But I worked from my bed. I did three conference calls. <laughs> and, and I pajama pants. You know, kids are about. But 
I can totally see living from the top up. <laughs> Number four on our list of weird stories of the week. The mayor of Baltimore has to beg his citizens to stop shooting each other. Guys, all right. Baltimore is ranked as the fourth most dangerous city in the U.S. Baltimore's violent crime rate is reportedly almost five times higher than the national violent crime rate. So, Merck are running for its money. During the coronavirus outbreak, the mayor of Baltimore, Jack Young, actually held a press conference on March 18th where he said, we cannot clog up our hospitals and their beds with people that are being shot senselessly because we're going to need those beds for people infected with the coronavirus. And it could be your mother, your grandmother, or one of your relatives. So take that into consideration before you shoot somebody. Please think about who needs that hospital bed. This all happened after there was a mass shooting killing seven people. I mean, I just, I, if there was just the weirdest news of the week, that was one of them. I couldn't believe it. Well, if they're dead, technically, they don't need the bed. But, but how many, okay, sorry. Could he sorry. appeal to them that if they shoot, like, you know. So don't shoot people. Try to kill your target instead of actually just shooting me in the arm. You said it. How, how heartless are you? Hmm. Okay. <laughs> On to number five. And this was just... Not, did you see this one? Yeah. <laughs> yes, I did. Okay, so this is on our Twitter account. We posted it on Twitter. <laughs> Quarantined man sends dog to store for Cheetos, and the dog totally came through for him. This literally <laughs> happened in Mexico. Now, for my Mexican-speaking friend here, uh, I speak Mexican. <laughs> Hi, I speak Mexican <laughs> for my Spanish. <laughs> Yo quiero Cheetos. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I'm such a good social worker. <laughs> That was just a goof, I promise. Okay. For my Spanish-speaking friend over here, um, it's Anto Antonio Munoz. 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 Antonio Munoz. 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 A man in Mexico who was quarantining himself sent his pet chihuahua. Chihuahua. Uh, Chokis. Chokis? His name is Chokis. Across the street to a store with a note and money. The note attached to the dog's collar read, Hello, Mr. Shopkeeper. Please sell my dog some Cheetos. The orange kind, not the red ones. They're too hot. Aww. She has $20 attached to her collar. Warning, she will bite if not treated right your <laughs> front neighbor. The dog came back with Cheetos in his teeth, and the picture is absolutely adorable. It really is. It really is beautiful. And hi, Portal2099, who just showed up on the YouTube live stream. And I do not want know what that means, but he says Bigfoot with a question mark. Yeah, Seth? Yes. Sasquatch. Yes. Sasquatch. Yes, we were talking about that. We just finished talking about the Sasquatch sighting in Littleton, North Carolina, which, like I said, that video is on our Twitter feed. Mama Night Owl Pod on Twitter. You can go check that Ooh. out. Those are the top five stories we wanted to share in this week's Mad World Thursday Roundup. Yeah, okay, so we're going to make some, like, promo pictures tonight, and um, we're going to make tinfoil hats, guys. Shiny side out. Uh-huh. This is going to be... I want a big Easter bonnet. Me too. Okay. <laughs> A sombrero for chokis. Yes, for chokis. <laughs> oh, chokis, I want to kiss you. Okay. Like we said, we are going to discuss all kinds of things on this podcast that are related to the weird and the mysterious. But this week on Mad World Thursday, we want to talk about conspiracy theories. And with us being in the throes of the coronavirus, <laughs> boy, has the world of conspiracy theories been going crazy. Yeah. Um, I think my favorite right now, I want to see how this pans out, is that Donald Trump and Steve Mnuchin have used the um, 
not the bailout, what if you, the stimulus package to hijack the Fed and take control of it and put it, make it go back into the U.S. economy rather than be a private bank of its own. And see, this gets really complicated, so I won't go, yeah. Because see, like, I love talking about conspiracy, theory, conspiracy theories with it her. It just requires so much background knowledge. And it's, you know, it's more her than me. Like, if you want to talk about ghosts and Bigfoot and... I don't know how demons tie into our everyday life. I'm your girl. When you talk about conspiracy theories, that's Erin. So she's the education person on this. Yeah, I'm falling into a rabbit hole on that. We may flesh it out later. Yeah. All right. To start with, we just want to ask the question, what is a conspiracy theory? I mean, we all have a loose idea of what we think this means, and to answer that question, I'm going to throw it over to Erin to discuss just what is a conspiracy theory. Oh, it's all things to everyone. Um, so I did the, you know, just the basic thing that one would do. I went to Merriam-Webster. They define conspiracy theory as a theory that explains an event or set of circumstances as the result of a script, no, a secret plot used by powerful conspirators, which is, I don't feel all that realistic for what we deal with in a, on a day-to-day -day basis. <clears throat> if you just take it by its words, conspiracy, you know, that's two or more people trying to do something that they don't want the world to know about. Yeah. Theory is when somebody notices strange things are afoot, weird things are going on, and they start to postulate what it could be based on evidence that they can gather, but without actually being given any proof from the conspirators themselves. So conspiracy theories are, you know, something happens, the media, the government, the big business, whoever it is that's done the thing, spins it to the world because it's such a big thing that you can't not notice. And they, they lay out a narrative of what happens. That seems to be lacking. And so people like me who just, as my husband says, you have the disease of needing to know who just need to know, we start losing our minds trying to figure stuff out. And so a lot of times, um, in reality, I think that conspiracy theories are probably more than half right and a little less than half wrong. See, I always kind of believe the truth is in the middle. It's that that's, can get you in a lot of dangerous places, though. But that's where I, that's, that's, get you down I always, wrong places. I always just say the truth is in the middle. Mm. Somewhere. Okay. Why are conspiracy theories so important to us? Portal 2099 says the magic bullet. Thank you. You know about that? No. Oh, well, see, that's the bullet that killed Kennedy. I was fixing to say that, but I don't want to be stupid. But it struck like 12 different things and went through a car seat before it got to him. Oh, see now, Portal 2099, you and Aaron need to get together because <laughs> there's no way. And it was found in the, in the little well on the, on the door of the car. And they said, oh, this must have been the bullet that did it. Did you know that Kennedy's brain is missing? It's not in a jar anywhere. Oh, was it supposed to be in a jar? Mm -hmm. It was supposed to be in a jar, preserved as part of his autopsy records. Oh. It wasn't buried with him. It's missing. Einstein's brain is in a jar. I believe that. So, why are conspiracy theories important? Still. Hey, her husband. Stuart. Stuart. <laughs> Back and to the left. <laughs> exactly. He and I and Colette Daniels stayed up until about 4 a.m. one night thoroughly examining this. <laughs> it was interesting. Okay. Was there alcohol? Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. It has to be. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Why are conspiracy theories important to us? They are important. Okay. Because people like me feel like it gives a sense of control. Like, you know when somebody's, you know, BSing you. And in real life depending on who the person is, you can't really call them out all the time and say, hey, you're BSing me. In my opinion, this is a way of getting out that need to say, I'm not going to be played. You're, you're giving me a line here. It's not adding up. I'm going to figure out why. Why is it not adding up? And the other part of it is, as we all know, the cover-up is always so much worse than the action. And so when you're trying to cover it up, you're committing so many different you know, faux pas and crimes and issues that now you're just making it a spectator sport. Yeah, definitely. But, you know, and I also think that if you don't want people to dig into conspiracy theories, don't do things like what we talked about earlier with the color changing notebook. 
news media. Guys, come on. If you don't want all of us out there looking into conspiracy theories, don't, don't change the color of a notebook while a guy's walking down the street. I think that's pretty obvious. But, but see, that cracks me up because if that, if that was the media play in the people, we kind of deserve it. <laughs> you know? We kind of deserve it. Let's discuss a few of the conspiracy theories that have been surrounding the coronavirus. If you can stand to talk about it anymore, that's what we're going to do. One that keeps cir circulating is that this was a man-made virus that was created either in a Chinese or U.S. laboratory. There have been... there. Okay. So there has been lots of finger pointing in the news as to where this virus actually started. Most scientists and medical professionals say it started in a live animal market in Wuhan, China, while others have been stating that it is a man-made Chinese bioweapon that was leaked from a biolab. Then China started blaming the U.S. military for spreading, for spreading the disease in China. Let's break into the theory real fast. I was really surprised when researching this how many people actually said, well, why might there be a deadly man-made virus to begin with? Like, I thought that was pretty um, obvious why that might be the case. But the two main reasons why, why any country might be, you know, creating a dangerous virus is um, either a bioweapon or research in treating other illnesses. So those are like the two big main reasons. Biowarfare and bioweapons have been around forever, and even as far back as 190 BC, Hannibal used poisonous snakes by tossing them into enemy ships. During World War I, the German army developed the use of anthrax, glanders, and cholera. And even as recent as 1995, Arne Shinriko, I, I know I'm saying this wrong, I'm so, <laughs> so sorry, um, which means Supreme Truth, which was a cult. Shinrikyo. Shinrikyo. Released sarin gas into a subway station in Tokyo. So that happened in 95 when sarin gas was released into the, sub, into the subway um, station in Tokyo. And all of this is in our, going to be in our show notes. But, um. Oh, and then I have a lovely note here to say, let's don't forget smallpox blankets. Exactly. Yeah, that was, they were used against the Native Americans. Um, they were also used during the Civil War. That's one reason why somebody might be, well, why some country might be digging into trying to create a virus or taking a vi an existing virus and making it worse, um, is for a weapon. The other um, was is research into treating other illnesses. So now this is actually talking about bacteria and not necessarily a virus, but... So, in researching other illnesses and learning how to treat them, we sometimes create or alter an already known virus or bacteria to help fight what is already out there. Or, if we are not trying to fight virus or bacteria, maybe we are looking into certain illnesses, for instance, how certain strains of bacteria in the gut can prevent or reduce Parkinson's. It's not a large leap that while working to help fight illnesses, we create deadlier or harder to fight viruses and bacteria. And this is also going to be in our show notes that um, there is evidence that Parkinson's doesn't actually start in the brain and that it actually has a lot to do with our gut and the bacteria in our gut. So um, That's the same thing with depression. Mm -hmm. you know, depression starts in the gut, in the gut biome. Yeah, there's a lot of evidence to think that the depression Take starts. from social workers, we know. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to jump in on this because um, while we were looking at all this, I there was a, a conspiracy theory that went about um, when the virus first came um, kind of public and we were talking about it. Uh, someone had noticed that a coronavirus was patented in 2015 and they started a, a big, you know, kerfuffle about how COVID-19 had, had a patent on it. And... When you dig deeper, you find COVID-19 itself does not have a patent. But the, when you say coronavirus, all corona refers to is the shape of the virus. So you have viruses that are shaped like capsules. You have them. They come in different shapes. So corona is the shape of the virus. 19 um, marks, I don't know if it was the year or, or a different arrangement of molecules on it. I'm not really sure. 
But um, in 2015, a type of coronavirus that affects birds, two strains of it, was patented. And this happens a lot in virology when people are working towards a vaccine. So we knew we had avian flu, which um, I believe was a coronavirus as well. So a lot of times in pharmaceuticals, vaccines are discovered and then, or I'm sorry, viruses are discovered and then patented for the purpose of research. So um, I just thought that was interesting because somebody, and, and I put the link actually, to an article that's got this on there and it's also got where you can find the patent to the COVID virus. Um, somebody had found that and, and just blew up the internet on it and that fed into the whole biological weapon idea. So um, there is not currently a vaccine. They're working on a vaccine. But it looks like medicinals are going to be a faster treatment option than vaccines anyway. So we'll see what happens with that. But yeah, so a lot of people asked why would there be a man-made virus to begin with? Those are the two main reasons: bioweapon or working on some, working on healing something else. We created something, yeah. Um, and then the next thing that a lot of people asked is: so why would someone want to start the spread of a virus that could potentially harm a large part of the world's population? So here we go. Portal twenty ninety nine kind of already uh, hit on that, and we're just gonna jump right into it. So first depopulation. Why would someone want to start the spread of a virus that could potentially harm a large part of the world's population? To get down the population. Like, we need to get down the number of people on the planet. So this is the kind of idea of, you know, did Thanos have it right? <laughs> there are a ton of reasons for this. Food shortages, pollution, and endangering animals are the big few. Some people believe that the only way to help save the planet is to deplete at least 90% of the human population. And we actually have that in our show notes. We have an article um, in which someone said that. An ecologist. We're not saying that these are the best sources. No, no, not saying that at all. But we are saying that yeah, they... Sources. Their sources. They exist. You can go read them. Once this podcast is up on Thursday, all of this is going to be in it. <laughs> yeah, it's an election year. It's an okay. election year. So, another reason to create a world government. So, Portal 20, 2099. Yeah. Um... So we've all heard the idea of a new world order or one world government. It was spoken about in the Bible as a sign of the end times, and it is something that conspiracy theorists have been watching for. Any indication of um, that it's happening right now and that it's becoming reality? Well, if a large amount of the population is gone and governments state that they need help globally to get enough food supplies or stay afloat economically, then it is fertile ground for a global interconnected government to control over to take control over what is left of the population i so, want you to know that you're like a dog whistle to my dog ears with that that's not how that works what to create a world government you don't want to depopulate if you're trying to create a one world government because they need as many slaves as they can have do you know nothing of the Illuminati? But, well, no, here's the thing. <laughs> the idea, though, for a lot of people is that we're too populated to be controlled right now. So if we depopulate, it's going to be much easier to start from fresh than it is from where we are right now. That's a whole other show. <laughs> China is already a slave country. Right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, well, we all are, Hey, really. if you have looked... If, <laughs> if you have looked into anything about the organ harvesting oh, that's God. been going on and the coronavirus, I mean, it's heartbreaking. It it's it's so heartbreaking. This was a test for a bioweapon that's been going around. Um, some people believe that China or the U.S. created a bioweapon and tested it out on the world's population. Testing a bioweapon helps you if you want to know how a lesser form of a virus you already have might work on a population. Then for the population you want to potentially keep alive, you can inoculate them and release a more deadly version of the virus, keeping your people alive. I don't know that that's how this actually works because once you actually look at how a virus works or bacteria, it, that's, they a get little, immune. that's a little far-fetched, but it's also not. It, well, I mean, it's, it's one of those, um, I almost wish we had a doctor to, to look at and go, okay, explain 
why this is or isn't a thing. I don't know about that. Um, I, I'm, I'm enjoying Portal over here. See, no, if, if it's an American plot, it's because those Medicare rolls are way too high. This is the boomer doomer. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's not taking out the young people. I mean, you're, you're going to get an outlier here or there where some young people have, have perished. But for the most part, if you're not over 60, you don't have to worry. To me, when I look at any kind of medical conspiracy for the U.S., if it was to be anything like that, um, I would say that it's to call out the largest generation. We had the greatest generation, and then we had the largest generation. And um, I'm an Xer over here, so I'm the smallest generation. I'm screwed. I'm what am I? The world. Oh, I think you're on the cusp of a millennial. Like yeah, me. I think I'm technically supposed to be a millennial. Where, I were you born? Don't feel like a millennial. I'm the 81. You're on the cusp. You, you, you could go either way. You can go either way. Yeah. I don't identify as a millennial. I know that. Yeah. So, I, I don't know. That's just... Yeah. <laughs> Hashtag boomer doomer. That's what I said. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that should be the... Maybe that should be the uh, name of this episode. Boomer, boomer doomer. doomer. <laughs> Good um, so, here, another option is they want to get the current political party kicked out of power. So, this... I mean, gosh, this could go for anywhere in the world, really. But um, right now in China, there's only one government party, and it is the communist. Um, it's a communist country. Over the past few weeks, we have seen just how oppressive the regime of China actually is, and there have been more. There have been some rumors and some confirmed reports of silenced journalists and medical professionals trying to discuss or report on Corona. There are reports that these people have gone missing or have been killed. The people are oppressed and controlled completely by their government. Their social media is monitored and censored. Oh, have you heard the whole social score that's going on over there? No. Oh, that's another thing. Like every, they're, they're, the Chinese government was trying to implement and is still trying to implement this idea of a social score. Like it's, it's mandated that everybody have a cell phone over there now and be connected to the network. And if your social score isn't high enough, you can't leave the country. You can't get certain jobs. There's all kinds of craziness with that. Oh, so check it out. There are articles that I found. I didn't put them in here because I felt like it was a little too far off topic where 21 million cell phone users in China have gone missing. They've just turned off their phones. Um, that's some Black Mirror stuff. I want to say yeah, that it was is. like, some, exactly. wasn't that like one of the very first episodes of Black Mirror? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, so that, that's an interesting part of all of this because, um, well, we'll get to it. Keep going. Um, yeah, so anyway, so if you're in China, and which is where the disease came from, because it's in China. Um, China. China. Where, why do you keep calling it a Chinese virus? Because it it's came from, from China. China. So <laughs> um, if, yeah, if you're living there and you're a secret agent and can get yourself a hold of a deadly virus and it's gonna wipe out maybe a good number of your people in office who control you because they are older why not release it i mean if you're that oppressed that's a that's a theory guys okay so then let's discuss what was said by one of our own local politicians in south carolina all right. So right now, the U.S. government has a Republican as its president, and some people say that this virus is an attempt to pull the Republican Party down. Well, oh, Jim Clyburn. Yes. Yeah, God so bless, bless him. him. Well, majority the most gerrymandered district in the country, by the way. Okay. Well, majority whip James Clyburn of South Carolina, who is a Democrat, was reported as saying that the Phase Three coronavirus relief package that he helped write was a tremendous opportunity to restructure things to fit our vision. Hmm, Jim, whose vision is that exactly? I mean, come on, if you wanted a conspiracy theory surrounding the coronavirus, you just gave everybody something to talk about. Dear heart, bless you. And this is a dense topic. When you really start to look at, at what <laughs> Mr. Clyburn, well, it's kind of, hmm, open mouth, insert foot. Since before the election, um, you know, Trump was nobody's favorite. He was, he was a grudge vote for a lot of people, and, and seriously. So, but before it got underway, 
he was, the, the Republicans tried to throw him out. Then he got inaugurated or he got elected. And before the inauguration, they tried to delegitimize his presidency. Then, you know, we get into Stormy and Russia and, and just one thing after the other trying to get him impeached. During the impeachment trial, he's closing the borders because of corona. He's being accused of being, you know, a xenophobe for closing the borders. And then, you know, three weeks later, he's being accused of not closing them soon enough. It's like, no, but they'll stop at nothing to get the dude out. And, you know, whether you love him or you hate him, you, you really can't argue with that. Um, I just... I, I'm interested. I don't think that this was an effort to get him out, but I think that no one is going to let a good, um, what is it, good crisis go to waste. I think one of my favorite faux pas was Cuomo uh, last week, Governor Cuomo of New York, um, griping about how the feds need to send him more ventilators. And then um, I don't know which news reporter it was, but they found stockpiled like 4,000 ventilators that, that had just had been received a few days before and were sitting in a warehouse and he hadn't distributed them. And so I feel like, um, I think Cuomo's going to try to run for president. Well, and that's, I, that's, that's some of the stuff I found an article about that where he was, he was thinking about it. He very quickly came back out and said that, no, he's not. Well, um, Hillary said that forever. Right, right, and that's the thing. He's holding he's holding his uh, daily press conferences just like Trump, but it's only him. He's not bringing in DHHS and and the Surgeon General and you know everybody who's who's doing all the stuff. Once again, this is one of those things where they're trying to take the man down, and all he's doing is showing that he yeah he's not really presidential, but what he is is a businessman. You know, from the get go. He's got Ford making ventilators. GM, they gave him some kickback. They didn't want to make ventilators. So then he pulled that Wartimes Production Act on them and made them. So now GM is manufacturing ventilators. He's got McKesson, which does gloves and masks and stuff, working with FedEx and UPS to get everything. I mean, he's bringing all these huge business people into the conversation rather than just saying the federal government will take care of it. Because he knows the federal government can't. It just, it's one of those things where if they want him out that bad, they're going to have to build a platform to stand on rather than shoot a moving target. Yeah. I, and I don't know. May, maybe, I think he's doing it completely different. I think that, um, I want to imagine, sit back and imagine a, a Bush or a, or Clinton or Obama. Imagine them in this scenario. Would they have pulled together private industry to well, solve this problem? Okay, let's talk about that. Obama was in the situation, like, right? Not to be and a what did he do? <laughs> yeah, not to be a political podcast because to be completely honest with you, I'm neither left or right. I'm always kind of right in the middle. I always believe the truth is in the middle. So I don't want this to be a political podcast, and I don't really want to talk about politics a lot. But just for people out there researching this i you know my my tagline for this show is do your own research don't take my word for it i will give you some sources i'll give you some great places to look at things but don't listen to me go you know, look go look That's for yourself she said we're going to do a podcast here are the subjects go look but yeah obama was in this situation he mm -hmm. actually was there and um you know a lot of people think that trump overreacted to all of this i don't know he overreacts to everything it's part of his charm yeah <laughs> well like the world <laughs> has overreacted i don't know i mean i'm not sitting in italy i'm not sitting in one of their emergency rooms looking right. at how how bad this really is i can't tell you obama was there and it took how many deaths before he even would act right i mean well, it was, again but see you know, okay, I'm going to get Obama's back here. Watch me do it. Okay. I'll Watch me do it. She's more conservative than me. I am. <laughs> but I still feel like this is a complete overreaction to everything. And, and Summer and I disagree on this because I still look at the flu numbers. You know, we still have three times the amount of flu going on, 10 times the amount of deaths from flu going on from January to now. We're losing our freaking minds over something that isn't going to be as bad as SARS. I don't know, but I don't think so. But it's certainly not as bad as influenza. It's not. And flu has taken out so many more people. And it's the same vector. It's the same way that you, you catch one from the other. It's, it's not, well, what I mean is you catch flu in the same way as you catch coronavirus. So 
I don't understand. The reason I, I lean towards they're trying to oust the president is that this reaction is not warranted. And I feel like if there's a conspiracy to be had here, I don't think that the virus was intentionally put out to bring Trump out of office. But I think that, of course, anything could be used to try to be reason for it. And I think the way he has attacked it is unique unto him. I don't think that any other president would have attacked it the way that he has. And he's kind of been like, hey, you want to make a thing out of this? We'll make a thing out of this. Well, I would, okay, just, I want to get off politics eventually, but, <laughs> you know, I love having a businessman in the White House. I love it. I love having a businessman as a politician. I, you know, somebody who does is who is not a lawyer, who does not come from a family who of lifetime, you know, generational politicians. I, I you know, it's it's a unique look at how to do things, and I will vote for a businessman over a politician any day. I think so, I think the best qualification for any kind of elected official is a lack of experience. Exactly. Yes. Because yes. you know, term limits. All right. Moving on. Let's Getting not do that. that. <laughs> Let's not do that. Okay. Getting away from that. Where were we? We were talking about, <laughs> are we trying to oust a president with this virus? Oh, okay. I think that was the, those were the, the, um, yeah, I'm just telling Those were the things you found. Those were the things I found about the topic of where's my outline. <laughs> See, I have mine in order. Yeah, now, now we're going on to the stuff I found. So the stuff I found <laughs> is, okay, so, is quite different. So, 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 wait, wait, wait. Hold on. Hey, was it a man-made virus? That's where we were. Was it a man-made virus? Um, just, just to touch on this, uh, um, there are going to be some links in the show notes. James Woods, who is a huge mm. conspiracy theorist, and I love him. He is so sexy. Follow him on Twitter. Oh my gosh, he is he's he he is a hot older dude. Okay, he posted some dude who's um, wearing scrubs and a hat and like I think he has a mask under his chin or something talking about all of this so I guess that's supposed to give him some credence I don't know but basically um, the main theory is that this virus came from the Wuhan Institute of Virology which is located surprisingly close to the live animal market where the virus actually broke out a lot of people don't realize that so the claim is that the virus was not released on purpose, but is an accident during a routine experiment. So yeah, so the live food market where the bat soup was created um, that released this virus is actually, what, not even 20 miles from the Wuhan Institute of Virology. That is the truth. So, yeah, links to that will be in our show notes. So, you know, don't believe me. Go look for it. Look, go look for yourself. And so, let's let the skeptics say. Now, I'm not getting into the technical side of this. Aaron probably can better than me. The only reason I'm not getting into the technical side of it is because I ran out of time. But basically, there are multiple outlets that you can go look this up. And they're going to explain it to you way better than I could anyway. All stating that this 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 virus in no way, shape, or form was created in a lab. That is what the skeptics say. There's YouTube videos. There's tons of research that you can do just into why they have the knowledge and they can document and prove to you that this was not a man-made virus. Go research that one for yourself. So, Erin... Yes. What other coronavirus conspiracies have been popular lately? And this is one I don't know anything about, because like I said, she's the queen of conspiracy theories. I just like like, like reading on them lightly. She really loves going into depth. I do. So this one's a lot of fun. I Which like one this one. Which one? The 5G? 5G. Okay. All right. So <clears throat> Summer actually sent me a an article before I even really looked at the 5G stuff. And I was like, what? This, this doesn't make any sense at all. So then I dug. All right. So here's the thing. The science goes like this. 5G utilizes 4G, which we're used to. We all use 4G. But then it also incorporates these high-frequency um, radio bands that they're really, really high. And when, when high frequencies are admitted, they dissipate quickly. You have to have transponders very close together in a community in order to be able to use 5G. So like... Um, what is it? T-Mobile is advertising that they have 5G everywhere. 
and they do this on their their individual networks by setting. You ever drive and you see um, these? Have you ever seen these these antennas that look like Christmas trees? They're like way high up. No, I don't think I've ever paid right. attention. <clears throat> well, that's five G um, antennas. So the idea is this: that five G really high frequencies actually cause cell disruption. So I'm just going to read my notes because I'm going to get all off track here because I wrote out a really cohesive thing. The higher frequencies are of a shorter wavelength and dissipate over short distances. So they require a lot of transponders placed tightly throughout a community. We know that frequencies can be disruptive at different levels. Think of the opera singer who shatters the champagne glass with her voice alone. The theory is that these frequencies emitted for 5G are having similar effects on our cell membranes. Even without COVID-19, there are reports in the cities where this tech is being deployed that people are having flu-like symptoms. When you compare maps of density for COVID-19 and 5G use, there is a lot to be uncovered. So when I first looked at the maps, I was like, okay, you're only, it's, it's, it's like ice cream causes drownings. Right. You know? yeah. So the correlation and causation. And that um, if you go by correlation alone, ice cream causes people to drown. And basically the theory is it's not correlated, or it's correlated, but it's not causal. So in the summertime, we swim more, we eat more ice cream, thus there are more drownings when there's more ice cream, but the ice creams aren't causing the drownings. So I looked at this map and I was like, well, this is really just following population density because mm -hmm. it's not really showing that much until you start looking in places where um, you've had no 5G in Asia, accessed all over, you know, because there's a lot of movement throughout Asia. You have no 5G, you have no corona. Okay, so here's, here's, here's a thought on that. Is it possible that they're only putting 5G in very populated areas first, and so that just happens to be also the place that corona is spread? It is possible because it's it's high population density, and this is where most people are spending their time and their money is in these large cities. So we're going to put five G in these large cities first, and then that's and where. that's what I'm saying. That was my first thought. Uh huh. Until you start looking at what five G actually does to people who are oh. sensitive to it. Oh, okay. So it challenges your immune system because it makes your cell membranes weaker. Also, here here's some of the stuff I was chomped at the bit earlier. There were several interesting events going on at the same time as coronavirus broke out. Are you aware of this? I don't know. Tell me. And maybe I am. Maybe I'm not. <laughs> okay. So the other reason that they're thinking 5G has something to do with it uh -huh. is that the first test site for the first... I keep hitting things. I'm sorry. For the first, um, first test site for the first community run of 5G was in Wuhan in October. <gasps> yeah. Oh. Uh-huh. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, it was first rolled out in China in the Wuhan district back in October, just before the virus hit. It's not that it caused it, but what if it weakened everyone's immune system? Oh. Right? All right. And there was an event hosted in Wuhan during the same time, September, October, called the Military World Games. And, as a coincidence perhaps, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation and the World Economic Forum hosted an event through Johns Hopkins at the same time called Event 201, a global pandemic exercise, wherein they role-played a simulation of a global pandemic caused by a coronavirus. I'm not saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> Holy crap! So I I opened the lid on Pandora's box when yes, I sent you, you a link to 5G. <laughs> you sent me a link to 5G and I followed it. Oh my gosh. Uh-huh. So check this out. Okay. This pushed me into a completely different ocean of rabbit holes. I don't know where I'm gonna go with this. Okay, well hold on. Let me okay. let me get comfortable. <laughs> yeah, get comfortable. Okay. Let's go. Now, and I'm gonna read this so I don't leave anything out. On a completely different rabbit hole, I fell into this research, is whether or not viruses are actually contagious. Okay? Or if they're even a thing. Well, uh, the true conspiracy. This is a true conspiracy. Like, this is. By definition, this is conspiracy. You want to dig into conspiracy theory, this is it. Okay. In my research, I stumbled on a video by a guy named Joshua Coleman. I, I provided the link. 
He shares that his whole ideology is that viruses do not exist as their own entities. He says that viruses are nothing more than junk DNA being pushed out of a cell as a result of, toxic, as of a toxic environment causing the cell to misfire, so to speak. So he uses the idea that if we hear of a large lake fish kill, you know, like a whole bunch of fish in a lake die, you send the environmental scientists down to figure out what happened. Mm -hmm. Do they immediately think, oh gosh, they all caught a virus and they died? Or do we think, ooh, they all have a genetic problem and they caused them all to die? Or is the first thing we look at the water in which they were swimming, mm -hmm. right? So the first thing we look at is the environment. Right. Okay. Uh, instead, the first thing we do is test the water to see if anything has happened in the environment that causes this. He then goes on to say that with each global pandemic, the predecessor was a whole-scale introduction of a massive amount of radiation into the atmosphere. So prior to the Spanish flu in 1918, there was the introduction of radio waves around the world. After sending up all the satellites into the Van Allen belt in 1968, we had the Hong Kong flu. We also introduced 4G around the time of swine flu. So he says that research was conducted at Boston Hospital during the Spanish flu, where they actually went and took swabs out of the noses of people who had it and pushed it into the noses of people who didn't. Nobody caught the flu. Okay, but, you know, you could still do that with COVID. Like you, you could, could still swab well, me. That's what I'm if I was positive, you could swab me and stick it up her so nose my and final, she might not get it. My final thought on that was all of this social distancing is going to show us. Yeah. Well, the numbers are going down. Have you seen the numbers went down? They, I mean. For South Carolina, they went down. So, yeah. Um, I, this was all so fascinating. I think the other part that I jumped into that had nothing to do with the science end was the economic end of things. Um where I had touched on earlier, where it's some conspiracy theorists, a lot of the, a lot of the Q people, think that we're looking at a financial reset that's going on. That um, what I was talking about with the Fed earlier is that the Fed is a private bank set up by the Rothschilds and the you know all the big money names that you hear of. In 1913, it was set up, and so basically the the job of the Fed is to keep the U.S. economy stimulated by offering loans and setting interest rates. So basically, the money that we spend isn't ours. It belongs to the private bank of the Fed. So this stimulus package, again, never let a good crisis go to waste. This stimulus package, what it has done is it has forced the Fed into a position of being the lender so that the U.S. government can buy back all of its holdings. So basically it's taken they're it's taking money out of the Fed and putting it into the US government, into the treasury and forcing the Fed to do that through the stimulus package. And so for those who are saying that we're looking at a financial reset, a true financial reset would be the forgiveness of all debt and back to the gold standard. I don't know that that will ever happen, but there's something big going on with what's happened with the Fed. And this whole thing. I gotta find my notes on it because I had put notes. Coherent ones. She shuffles papers. I do a lot and I'm sorry. Okay. Uh, da, da, da. The people who have lobbied for a financial reset of sorts. To them, this would look like a biblical jubilee where all debts are forgiven and the economy is returned to the gold or silver standard. If one looked at the value of the dollar before the Fed came into existence in 1913 versus now, the dollar is only worth about 2% of what it was worth. In, in 1913. So think of it like this. In 1913, a loaf of bread might have cost you 15 cents, whereas today it costs you $3.50. Mm -hmm. That's inflation. Mm -hmm. Inflation is created by the Fed. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> when we were on the gold standard, we didn't have inflation. So when we moved to this fiat currency, it introduced inflation, devalues our dollar. Depending on how this this thing plays out. And there's, I'm not making this up. There's a link, there's a, a link to um, a Bloomberg, Michael Bloomberg, of all people, a Bloomberg article explaining how um, the Fed is having to pump all of its money back into the Treasury, which is going to, you know. So is this not the same as creating money? No, it's very different. How, okay, I, I'm losing that thread. How is it different from creating it's a money? Different show. How deep do you want to go? We're, still, we're talking about coronavirus. Yeah, okay, so we'll have to do this. <laughs> Printing again. money does not mean we have more money. Printing money means we have more pieces of paper that are worth less. Right. That's what I'm saying is 
is see that's the way I kind of felt about this whole this this whole um, package was that you know everybody's supposed to be getting what twelve hundred dollars. Individuals are getting twelve hundred. Like, yeah. isn't that just just printing more money? It's well, not... and that's the argument. And see, that's the catch because Steve Mnuchin, who is I don't even know what his role is. I just know that a lot of people hated that he was in that role. Basically, wrote out this code section that said, "Okay, we're going to do this. We're going to hand these people this cash. We're going to let you print it, but then we're taking the printing presses from." You. So our printing presses are no longer with the Fed. They're now with the treasury. And need... if they buy back all of these these um, loans that the Fed is holding and they actually become property of the United States, then the Fed can't play with interest rates and manipulate the currency. I need a graph. <laughs> I need a whiteboard with somebody <laughs> to explain this to me. Let's see. So Portal 2099, just 5G is almost everywhere here, even in Podunk, South Carolina. So you're from South Carolina. Hi. Hi. Do we know you, Portal? Also, radio waves can kill just like microwaves. You Absolutely. get caught between too high enough frequencies. Well, and the really ultra low frequencies for crowd control, they can vibrate your spleen right out of your nose. Well, you know, that's what they did to my husband. He did um, lithotripsy. Mm -hmm. Lithotripsy. Lithotripsy. He, he had, like, poor boo. He, he probably doesn't <laughs> want me to talk about this, but he had... Uh, Gall kidney, st kidney, kidney stones. stones, and they that's what they did. They crushed them by sound waves. It was pretty horrible, too. It hurt. It hurt. Um, the fires that seemed directed in California were supposed to be that sort of weapon testing, some people were saying. Read it, heard it, totally believe it. Totally missed that one. Um, well, there have been so many fires that... See, okay, again, more more stuff. How long do we want to go? What are we at? An hour and six. We're an hour, but see, I'm going to edit this down. Okay. This is just the live This YouTube. is the live stream you're going to edit. Okay. Yeah. So the fires, um, Trump cut off the sanctuary cities. He said, not going to send you any more federal funds until you start enforcing our immigration laws. So mm -hmm. California started hurting for money real bad. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden they start having all these forest fires. And so there, there is a theory out there that directed, directed energy beams were used in dry patches of forest to start the fires. I had a crazy cousin once who actually thought that that was a thing, that like her neighbors were directing energy beams at her and she actually laid down with mirrors on top of her. We found out My, later. Did she die? No. She's, did she get a really good tan? Nah, she's as white as me. Hmm. Um, My high school boyfriend cooked hot dogs with, you know... Radio waves. <laughs> Johnny, you have to ask him about it one day. <laughs> Didn't he? Isn't he the one that also hooked a, cooked a hedgehog or something? No. I've never heard. He had a hedgehog. He didn't cook it. <laughs> he tried to give it to me. <laughs> okay. Uh, hey, I'm radio guy. He cooked hot dogs with his radios. <laughs> <laughs> we, we might have deteriorated into nothing. <laughs> okay. So that was our episode of Mad World Thursday. Uh, every week's going to be a different topic of something very weird or mad from our world. Next week, we are actually doing conspiracy theories again. What we've done is I picked out a book. and oh, going to make me read. Yeah, I picked out a book and I picked out her a book and I said, okay, we're going to read these and talk about them. And, uh, but then the week after that, we are actually going to do paranormal. I'm kind of hoping that maybe, just maybe, I'm going to, um, Yes! Mandela! I know, I love the Mandela <laughs> effect. And I was, I, what's, what's crazy is when I hear about the Mandela effect from people, um, I, I'm in there. Like, I'm, I, I remember no, these things this I, way too. Listen. Now, I never, I never thought Mandela was dead, though. That was one I never got. I have Mandela issues all the time from people, conversations. No, you said this. No, I remember this conversation. It went this way. No, it didn't. I have this stuff all the time. It's crazy. That's just bad memory. No. No, it's not. <laughs> No, so it's straight up, man. Uh, next, uh, so next week is we're doing conspiracy theories again. We've both picked out a book, or I picked one out for me and one for her, and we're gonna kind of chat about those two books. Um, and then also, the next week after that, we're gonna do paranormal and cryptozoology a little bit because I'm I'm hoping, crossing my fingers, that I'm gonna have a go ahead from the guy in Littleton, North Carolina, with um, 
the cryptozoology museum. What if we could find the little old man? Oh, Mr. Walker. His name was Jesse Walker. See, we're not just social workers. We're geriatric social workers. No, we love them. We love old people. Um, so I'm hoping that maybe, like, I'll have a go-ahead from him to maybe set up a loose date uh, to go to North Carolina and chat with Mr. Barcelo, who is the owner of the museum. And he shot the video of the older gentleman telling about his... Sasquatch experience. Bigfoot experience. And um, so, like, that's going to be the next one. Is the So next week is going to be conspiracies again. The, weekend after, the week after that is going to be... We're going to hit uh, paranormal or cryptozoology. So stay tuned. And actually, if you want to know, I can tell you the names of the books we're going to read for next week. So... Let's there are five see. old people watching us. Five. Oh, y'all are so <laughs> sweet. Let's I, I took pictures of these books. So just in case anybody else wants to follow along with us, you know, we'll have a book club. So for her, I got Clouds of Secrecy, the Army's Germ Warfare Test over Populated Areas by Leonard A. Cole with an with a forward by Alan Cranston. Pretty sure he's not direct, uh, related to the actor Brian Cranston. And then I am going to be reading The United States of Paranoia, A Conspiracy Theory by a man named Jesse Walker. So I'm pretty sure it's not the Jesse Walker from... You lost me. The... From the Cryptozoology Museum. Oh, oh, uh, oh, what the, if it is? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, so that's our episode. And you can check us at MamaNightOwl.com. Twitter, Twitter is MamaNightOwlPod. Facebook is MamaNightOwlPodcast. And you can email us at MamaNightOwlPodcast at gmail.com. You straight up need an Instagram. And I started an Instagram, but I haven't taken any... Well, tonight we are doing the tinfoil hats for a little promotional picture. We're out. <laughs> Peace out. Don't believe us. Do your own research. That was fun. That was a lot of fun. Oh, wait. I gotta uh, stop recording us, too. <laughs>